Chapter 8 of Jewish Fairy Tales and Fables by Aunt Naomi. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Noel Badrian. Honaim's Magic Shoes. In a large city in the Far East, in the ancient days of romance and mystery, dwelt a queer old shoemaker named Honaim. He was a Jew, and those who were not Jews said he was a magician. He could tell how rich or how poor a man was merely by looking at him, and he never would allow anyone to purchase a pair of shoes from him which they really could not afford to buy. Honheim sold all kinds of shoes, and his open shop in the principal bazaar of the city was a remarkable sight. Hundreds of shoes of all shapes, all sizes and all colours were neatly ranged on shelves and on the floor and were hung from poles and from the ceiling. Honheim had no need to ask anyone who came to buy shoes and sandals the measurement of their feet. By merely looking at his customer, he could tell the best shape and size and colour that was wanted, and as a rule, the very first pair of shoes which he offered were the most satisfactory. If a customer was not satisfied after seeing three pairs, Honheim would say, I have not the pair of shoes which you require. You must go elsewhere. Then he would take up a book and answer no more questions. If the customer was anxious to buy a pair of shoes which Honheim knew he could not afford, the queer shoemaker would say, It is my business only to satisfy my patrons. I cannot sell you these shoes below a certain sum of money. That sum is beyond your means. It has not been decreed that we shall do business today. Peace be with you. The next minute he would be deep in the study of his book and would not say another word. One day an Arab on a camel stopped at his shop and gazed admiringly at the hundreds of shoes exhibited. Honheim saw him but took no notice. Usually when anyone stopped to look at his shoes, Honheim immediately rushed forward to describe their good qualities. This time, however, he kept on studying his book. The Arab, failing to attract the shoemaker's attention, induced his camel to go down on its knees, and then he slowly descended from his back. He entered the shop, but still Honheim took no notice of him. "'Sir,' said the Arab at last, "'I desire to purchase a pair of shoes.' And wherefore? asked Honheim, without looking up from his book. Surely one only purchases shoes to wear, replied the Arab. Thou dost not need shoes, returned Honheim, turning to look at the Arab. Thou art a son of the desert, thou dwellest not in a city. Thy home is on the sandy plain, where shoes are useless. Thou hast but come into the city to purchase trappings for thy camel, and hast already spent freely of thy little store of money. 
I cannot trade with thee. The Arab was astonished. How camest thou to know all this? he asked. Seek not to learn how Honaim knows of the things which most men know not, replied Honaim. Let it suffice thee that I know. Have I not spoken truth? Verily thou hast, said the Arab, wondering all the more. But perchance thou hast been informed. Waste not idle words, was Honaim's answer. Who is there in this great city who knows of thee? or who knew of thy coming today. None, I tell thee. True, true, said the Arab musingly. Thou art a strange shoemaker. Perchance art thou a magician? It is not given to thee, son of the desert, to learn the secrets which I choose to keep from thee, answered Hanaim. Already hast thou tarried long in this city. Get thee to thy tribe, to thy tent again, ere evil befall thee. Thou art ignorant of the ways of a great city. Depart in peace. The Arab grew impatient. Who art thou to speak thus to me? he demanded angrily. Thou art but a shoemaker. I am the son of a desert chief. My father possesses great store of wealth in camels. I see that thou art but a son of the desert, and knowest not the ways of the city, replied Honaim with a smile. Depart in peace, I tell thee, and enjoy the wealth of thy father, the chief. Waste it not in the purchase of shoes for which thou hast no need in the desert. The Arab squatted on the carpet in the centre of the shop. Here, Sarah he exclaimed, will I remain until I have selected a pair of shoes. There are occasions when even a son of the desert may need to encase his feet in the trappings of the city. Honheim looked at him very keenly for a few moments and then smiled. She on whom thou hast set thy heart, he said at last, will love thee more if thou seekest not to follow the ways of the city swains. She too is the daughter of a chief, a child of the desert. Tell me, has she ever worn a pair of shoes? The Arab sprang to his feet. How knowest thou this? he asked fiercely. Honaim laughed. Have I not already informed thee, he said, that it is useless to seek to learn of the sources of my information. Suffice it that I know thou art in love with a beauteous desert maid. Tell me, why dost thou not propose to purchase a pair of shoes for the maiden? As thou seest, I have a goodly store of shoes for the dainty feet of damsels. She would not wear them, said the Arab dolefully, ceasing to marvel any longer at the things which Honaim said. Then, said the shoemaker with a ring of triumph in his voice, is it likely that it will please her to see thy feet encased in shoes? This time the Arab smiled. Thou art a mysterious and wonderful man, Honaim, he said, but thou art aged and know naught, I perceive, of the ways of maidens. Should I return with my feet encased in a pair of red shoes, 
I will be different from the other swains of the desert and will find favour in the damsel's eyes. Honaim sighed. If so thou believest, he said, it will be difficult to make thee think otherwise. Thou art a stubborn youth and hast yet much to learn. I will show thee some shoes, but have a care. I have warned thee, and the warnings of Honaim are not to be disregarded. Silence! Thou art merely a shoemaker, cried the Arab. The day is waning, and I must return ere set of sun. Show me a pair of red shoes. Onaim put several shoes before the Arab, but he rejected them at once. These, he said, are shoes for a town beggar and not for the son of a desert chief. I must have shoes of more gorgeous appearance. But I tell thee, thou hast not the money for such shoes, said Honaim. I have had enough of thy impertinent nonsense, cried the Arab savagely. Remember, I am the son of a desert chief of wealth and power, and thou, dog of a Jew, art but a miserable shoemaker. Honaim's eyes flashed. He who calls me dog of a Jew will have cause to repent he said in a quiet tone of voice. The Arab scowled. The old man's words troubled him, but he was most anxious to have a pair of shoes, and he bit his lip in vexation and said not another word. Looking round, he saw a pair of bright red shoes with golden laces. Those are pleasing to my eyes, he said. They will surely be pleasing also to the bright eyes of the maiden I adore. Permit me to see if they are the length of my foot. Honaim handed him the shoes without a word, and the Arab almost screamed with delight when he saw that they fitted exactly. He got up from the carpet and strutted round, feeling very proud of himself. She will not dare to refuse me now, he said. These will I take, Honaim. Thou hast not yet inquired the price, said the shoemaker. The Arab took a gold piece from his wallet and offered it to Honaim. This will more than pay thee, I think, he said. So give me the change and let me be gone. I am eager that she who is to be my bride should see them today. Thou art in too great a hurry, son of the desert, replied Honaim. Gold will not purchase these shoes. What then? asked the Arab, greatly surprised. For these shoes, replied Honaim slowly, the price is a camel such as thine by my door. Pshah, said the Arab, thou knowest not what thou sayest. My camel is worth more than twenty such pairs of shoes. It is one of the noblest in my father's possession. It is a camel fit for an emperor. And so are these shoes, returned Honaim. It is useless to haggle with me. Thou canst not have the shoes and the camel at the same time. Those are strange words, the Arab said. What mean they? Honaim wastes not, nor repeats his words, said the shoemaker. Scorn not my warning. 
I will sell thee another pair of shoes for less than thy gold piece. It is as I surmised, the Arab said, thou must be a magician, and perchance there is magic in the shoes. Perchance, said Honheim, shrugging his shoulders, remember, I have warned thee. A fig for thy warning, cried the Arab, I am the son of a desert chief, courage is not lacking in my tribe. I defy thy magic, and will have the shoes. Only in return for thy camel, said Honaim quietly. In vain the Arab haggled and pleaded. Honaim would scarce listen. He took up his book and was deaf to all entreaties. At last the Arab stormed and threatened, but all to no purpose. Honaim did not even reply. Half a dozen times the Arab commenced to mount his camel and then returned to plead again. But still Honaim said not a word and quietly went on studying his book. The Arab mounted his camel at last and as the animal rose from his knees he shouted loudly enough for everybody to hear, Dog of a Jew! Honaim slowly rose from the carpet on which he had squatted and looked after the Arab. He would not heed my warning, he said to himself. He must be made to see that it was not an idle one. Leaving his son in charge of the shop, he took the red shoes with the golden laces and made his way by a shortcut to the road which he knew the Arab would have to take. He passed the city's gates before the Arab on his camel and when he came to a lonely part of the road, he dropped one of the shoes and continued his walk with quick strides for one so aged. A little while afterwards, the son of the desert chief came along the road on his camel. His brow was clouded, and he seemed moody and despondent. Suddenly, however, he saw the red shoe in the road, and he sprang from his camel with a cry of surprise and delight. It is exactly like Honheim's magic shoes, he said in astonishment. I wonder how it came hither. He could see nobody, however, nor could he see a second shoe. He threw it down in disgust. What is the good of one shoe to me, he said. I am dallying, and it is growing late. Hastily he remounted his camel and made it move along at a rapid pace. It had not gone more than half a league, however, when he suddenly stopped it and sprang to the ground. He had caught sight of another red shoe. Why, he said, it is the fellow of the other. The two are a pair and must have fallen from some caravan. What a fool I was not to have taken the other. I should now have had the pair, and without any payment whatsoever. He looked round. The sun was beginning to set. Only a league ahead was the desert where his father was encamped, and on the lonely road he could not see anybody. Yes, I will, he said to himself, and tying his camel to a tree, he started to run back along the road as fast as he could. The Arab was a swift runner, the swiftest in his tribe, and in a few minutes he was back at the spot where he had found the first shoe. 
It was still on the ground where he had thrown it. I am in luck's way, and can laugh at the Jew's warning, he cried with delight, picking up the shoe. I have the pair now for nothing. Swift as a deer he ran back again, but stopped suddenly. I think I have run all the distance, he said, panting, but where is my camel? There were not many trees, and he thought he could recognize the one to which he had tied his camel but it was nowhere to be seen. Up and down the road he ran for some time, but no camel and no living thing of any kind could he see. Weary and sorrowful, at last he commenced his walk home in the direction where the sun was sinking, a ball of fiery red, like the colour of the shoes, which were no longer beautiful to him, but which he carried in his hand. What were the exact words of the Jew's warning, he said to himself. Thou canst not have the shoes and the camel at the same time. Those were his words of warning, and I disregarded them. What shall I say now to my father and to the maiden? It was almost dark when he arrived at the camp. His father was waiting for him and by his side was a beautiful Arab maid with lustrous eyes. With head bowed he approached them. Hast thou returned alone and on foot? asked his father. It is as thou seest, he replied sorrowfully. Where is thy camel? It has been stolen from me. His father's eyes flashed, and angry words rose to his lips. But before he could speak, the maiden said, in a voice of tender sweetness, But surely thou hast brought something back. I have brought back Honaim's shoes, he replied. But when he looked for them in his cloak, where he had put them, they were gone. They have disappeared, he said sadly. I have been fooled by a magician. But it is my own fault. He warned me and I heeded not. The girl laughed loudly, so did his father, and all the camp came out to laugh at him. And from that day to this, people in the Far East, when they wish to say that a man has been on a fool's errand, use the words, he has brought back naught but Honaim's shoes. End of chapter 8